Recording. I feel like recording something, so here we are. Who knows what's gonna come out here in this random cast episode? So we're here talking to each other. Or, it was more accurately, you're here listening to me. Actually, you know what? We're trying to do something really quick. Very live right now. This is not scripted or anything. I don't even know what I'm going to talk about in this episode. It's just pure live. Um, let me think for a second. All right, so we're all aware of ourselves. We're already aware of ourselves structurally. Most people, that answer is no. Um, and it's hard to really know how to become aware of yourself structurally. Because of the insatiable appetite for content that people have and it's really easy to get stuck in content it's really really simple and as a result we get like locked into certain biases and attachments and <sighs> problems dogmas religions ideologies spiritualities that are identities and things like this. Why? Why does this happen? What causes all of this? There's an episode from actualize.org. It's a very long episode, probably the longest one that he's done, but it's called Sameness versus Difference. And it may seem like a very simple episode and one not worth watching, but it's really worth every second of it because <clears throat> in this episode, he goes over things that seem different, but then explains that they're not really that different and the things that seem the same are actually different and shows you in this episode and other things as well, which I want to get into in, the, in a little bit, but shows you as well the nuances surrounding this idea of things being different or the same. Because there are nuances, really, to be honest, when it comes to things being different or the same, it's often, it's, it's often in both. 
you know, like a good example is what's the difference between is is for instance the question is one one question that he gave you in this episode was is Pepsi and Coke the same? And the obvious answer for most people are going to be no. For most people, it's going to be no. I think for many people, it's going to be the no. Or it's going to be yes. It's not going to be both because, but it's it. But it is both, actually. Pepsi and Coke are both beverages. They're both soft drinks, as they call them. They're both sodas, colas, whatever you want to call it. They both have caffeine, but they're different because they have different recipes and products and stuff in them. I mean, I don't know how Pepsi and Coke was made, but I I assume they're probably made a little bit different as well. And so what most people do is they look content-wise and they go, okay, so this is the same thing or it's different. But it's not both. Most people kind of think in these lines, along these lines. But there's no there's no such a line there. Um, whenever there's sameness or difference, it's a lot more nuanced than just being different. But a lot of us like to look at differences and go, this person is too different for me. Um, but really, ultimately, that's not true. In some ways, yes, but in some ways, no. This person is a human. This person is, you know, has emotions, has feelings, has, you know, thoughts. And perhaps some of his understandings or her understandings are, are similar to yours. And so it's that way there are samenesses. But, and uh, one thing that I'm trying to really integrate and understand are the deep samenesses between people. <clears throat> and I think this is how you really get into the structure of, of mind. And it's a complex process because it's really easy to get stuck in content. And sometimes what happens too is that you can get too stuck in structure and not stuck enough and not really look at content. Um, but what I do, what I try and do is I go structure, con- structure first, content second for several reasons. Uh, structure first because I, if, if I find it brings a, a kind of neutrality to the situation to my mind it makes me think a little bit more I mean objectivity is a, an illusion but it makes me think a little bit more clearer about things versus content which is what most people are embroiled in embroiled in and embody and they get kind of like stuck and they get attached 
to some content. Which could be something, you know, like a person or whatever, or some ideology or whatever the case may be. And when it comes to structure, what we're dealing with right now is recording left channel, recording minutes 20, left, right, stop, monitoring, off, and adjust, iPhone microphone, adjustable, swipe up or down, input level, iPhone microphone, is a kind of like a, a tendency to mostly just go, I, I forget where I was going, but it, we have a tendency to mostly go content. Because of certain attachments and stuff like this. And so as a result, we can't let go. We can't really see things with discernment and wisdom and understanding and compassion and love and unconditional love and all this other stuff that has been talked about through the ages. All of these things, I think, have been caused in, by and put into people because... Uh, those people understood the deep samenesses of people. And when you really start to understand the structure of mind, you understand yourself, you understand people, but you understand the traps of the mind more and more, more and more often. The more that you do this. And so you can kind of like overrule the attachment to content slowly but surely. So how do you discern between structure and content? And the answer is complex because the problem is when we're talking about structure and content, most people don't really know where to start. And most people may not even be interested anyways. And... As a result, you become even more kind of attached and stuck in content. One of the reasons why I really like going meta because it feels like something has been cleared. Like when I go meta on a subject, whatever that subject might be, could be on mind or whatever it is, I feel a kind of clearance happen in my mind structures. Like, if you um, notice your mind working, try this right now, actually. Like, if you're thinking about this this topic that I'm talking about when I'm talking about it, try and notice, like, what it feels like in your mind, thought-wise and, and mind-wise. There's often a lot of, like, hardness, it seems like. It's hard to really explain because it's not really taught to to do this, but you can actually feel inside your mind 
and you can feel all kinds of hardnesses. Um, it's really interesting. And when you feel into the mind in this way, you kind of like start to realize how rigid the mind can get, especially when it's focusing on content. So the past couple of years, what I've really tried to do more and more of is focus more on uh, on structure. And there's an episode from Actualize.org called Structure Versus Content, which is really, really um, central to this understanding that I'm talking about here. Because content is concerned with the... Small picture, basically. Mostly. You know, my... Money, my sex, my anger, this person did this to me... Uh, all these little things. Structure is concerned with the bigger aspects of life. And it could be related to the content. Like, when thinking about content of, of, of structure of mind, you can ask the questions like, what are, what are the mechanisms of anger? Why does the mind... Uh, get angry. Although that's more of a content question, but when you ask this question, why does the mind get angry? Try not to get too stuck in the content. That's only to get you closer to understanding the structure of mind. Ask the question, why does the mind think anger is this, the right solution for this situation? Asking questions like deeper questions like this. Why does the mind think that anger is the proper way of dealing with this situation it's a really interesting question because it's not really asked very often of the mind why does the mind think that anger is the proper response for this situation and I found a couple of answers to this question Um, and you can find this out for yourself if you ask this question. If you observe your mind and your in response, you know you don't just speculate on this and go, "Oh, maybe it's because of this, maybe it's because of that." You observe what's happening. You know, ask this question: Why does the mind think anger is the right response for this situation? Because it's satisfying. Because the mind is trying to manipulate this person, the situation, to into the way that it wants things to be. Because it may seem to diff- be seem to be too difficult to just respond with calmness and it's not satisfying and it's not seemingly an easy solution for the unconscious mind to do things like this it could be multiple reasons um also i've noticed too that things that you know, a lot of things, a lot of reasons, a lot of uh, interesting problems happen with disagreements. What most people notice, I've noticed what most, what most people do when it comes to disagreements is they 
they they see something somebody says and they disagree with it um, without realizing why the mind disagrees with something structurally. Why do I disagree with this? What the mind's going to do is it's going to give you these rational answers like, oh, this person's logic is flawed or this person doesn't know the facts or whatever the case may be. But if you dig deeper and if you actually observe what's happening in the mind with emotions and thoughts, you can find the answer. And the answer ultimately is it's actually more personal to the mind than just Oh, his, he, he's got his facts wrong. He's got his understandings wrong. Because it's almost like this person's understandings, when it conflicts when, with the mind's understandings, is almost a threat. Uh, in a sense, it's almost seen as like a... Not necessarily a threat, but... problem to be dealt with a thing to be manipulated in some way like the mind is trying to when it expresses its disagreements to uh, mitigate that threat mitigate that uncertainty because uncertainty is like uh, certainty is like the ground that the mind is walking on and uncertainty creates that the shaking of the ground and it creates fog and all these other problems that the mind does not want to really deal with because the mind doesn't really want to question things too deeply because it's very existence in a lot of ways is in in jeopardy if it if this happens um, it's very survival is in jeopardy I was going to make an episode about this. I was going to make make an episode about uh, titled "Do You Really Want to uh, Deconstruct Your Reality?" Most people probably wouldn't, anyways. But you may think that you want to deconstruct your reality, but when you really start going really deep in deconstruction, the mind is very resistant and very emotional about it like no everything i thought was real is disappearing because think of it this really think of it understand it this way all of these things they're not just like ideas and understandings that the mind likes and then understands things by and then that's that's all that that she wrote and as far as this goes it's actually more like all of this information these ideologies or whatever they are, whatever it is the mind is attached to are maps in which the mind is trying to navigate reality because reality is confusing. And then, then the maps get questioned and the maps become shaky and the mind goes, no, this is not a map, this is reality. Is because it's afraid of what's going to happen if it has to question the map. Because that's more difficult. The mind doesn't really like to work. So you might ask questions. So why do you do it? If you uh, are aware of this. And if you have these responses. And the answer is. 
because what else do we have to do? I mean, seriously. Get more money, get more sex, more love, more romance, and all this other stuff is not really going to help you in the long run. In some ways, it will. Like, if you get more money and you do it right, um, it can help. But you really won't change yourself fundamentally. And you really won't understand what's really happening reality-wise fundamentally. Because all these maps... What they're hiding in a lot of ways is is doorways to experience, to knowledge, to insight, and to understanding, to wisdom, to love, to compassion, to deep insight and structural knowledge of the mind. But that means the mind is no longer relied upon as much. At least not the unconscious mind. Because the maps the mind has is the unconscious mind. When it relies on the maps, whatever those are, could be about spirituality, could be about, you know, the the MBTI, could be about the Enneagram, could be about calendar blocking, could be anything. I don't really care what it is, but it is something. Some way of making life more certain than it really is. And really what it's like is, and this is a really strange image I know, but it is an image that I've thought of a couple of times. What what the mind is doing is say you have what you normally have is... Like, for instance, like if you have some clothing or something, or some knitting, not some clothing, sorry, uh, and you and this knitting has been web, uh, weaved in such a way that there's knots and stuff so that it just doesn't come, unravel really quickly. Uh, and it's not super complex, but what the mind is, because most of the mind and, and the way we understand it when it comes to ego is, is all these maps. Really, ultimately what the ego is, is a map of reality. Not many telling you that, not many people understand that, but ultimately that's really what it is. It's what it boils down to. But anyways, what the, what, what the ego really is, and what these maps really are, are um, strings. Let's say you get a bunch of string that looks... Um, maybe it looks partially ordered, but it's mostly like a tangled mess, right? And it's not tied in knots, for the most part, to keep it together. Maybe at the deeper levels it is, but and the surface levels, it's not tied in knots to keep it together. What holds it together is the will slash intention slash, um manipulative tactics of the mind to keep it together. For instance, like if you have some surface level beliefs about religion and understanding and God and all this other stuff, 
which is mostly what it is, mostly what's happening, uh, mostly what you see anywhere. And there's this uh, term called belief in belief, which I, I might make an episode about in the future because it's really, it's really deep in a lot of ways. Like it, it makes you wonder what you actually believe. But anyways, um, and this is the surface level stuff mostly. It's like the stuff that you're talking about and the stuff that your mind is like yelling about and stuff like that like trying to convince you and others of that stuff and I'm not saying that not you don't convince people but it's the way that the mind does it it does it with a personal uh, van, almost like a personal vendetta like you must understand this and it treats these things as like maps and then it hammers the maps into people if, if possible but anyways what it does why it does this is because the, these threads these uh, strings aren't tied together at the surface level for various reasons mostly because reality is uncertain reality is chaos and so what the mind does instead to keep these thick threads together is it takes the uh, threads and puts them together by doing these things, these manipulative tactics. And the more that you're deconstructing reality, the, the, the more that this doesn't happen as much. But also the less certain reality set is and the more possibility there is of you uh, losing your mind. Sometimes what will happen is that you deconstruct reality to such an extent that you go insane. Sometimes, sometimes this happens naturally and people go insane and they become schizophrenics and everything else. Um, and so the mind is trying to pr protect its inner core, in a sense. And sometimes what the mind will do is it will sacrifice everything but this inner core. And this inner core could be, it's, it's a bit complex because the inner core could, is, is wide and varied of what it could be. But basically it boils down to your uh, default self, I, I guess you could, you could call it, your default identity. <sighs> your default positions. Uh, not even really default positions because that's not even really even part of it. That's part of it in some ways, but it's much deeper than this. Um, it's like your very sense of self. Sense of self meaning like the... The things the mind thinks it is. And the things the mind... Um, it's, it's hard to get into because it's not something that you can really even put into words completely. Because it's, it's, it, it, it varies between person to person. But it's usually, but it's the deeper aspect of the mind 
And these are the things that it is harder to unravel. Often. Because it's something that has been around perhaps even since childhood. And probably since childhood as well. Uh, since childhood. Probably some deep emotional uh, wounds and stuff. Uh, some really deep uh, identity things the mind thinks it is but usually identity I think is uh, it's really interesting what I've noticed and I could be wrong about this because this is something uh, like I said none of these things are absolute truths they're just approximations of truths they're just estimations but what I think is happening is that the mind makes identity certain forms of identity at least not, not the deeper parts of identity where the mind is like the inner core and stuff but, like, the surface-level identities, like, uh, protesting and spirituality and stuff like this, is used to protect the inner identities. That the deeper stuff, the, the stuff that's more strongly held. Uh, and you may not, you probably aren't even aware that this is actually happening. This is actually happening. I guarantee you this is happening in some way or shape or form. Like I said, this is probably not... This may not necessarily be true for you, but... And this may just not even be true at all, but... From what I've noticed, this is true. And part of the disagreement thing is based on this as well. In some ways, but I think it's more complex. Because all of these things that are done are protecting something innerwards that may not even necessarily be, uh, not innerwards, inwards that may, may not necessarily even be the things that are surface level mind. And the surface level mind are like the typical thoughts that your mind does every day, for the most part. And it's only during moments of deep deep, deep deconstruction or deep uh, emotionality or deep questioning or uh, a deep looking inwards that these things come out. But it's not they don't come out in like a overt way. It's usually very subtle. Like it's usually like you know, it's it's usually not overt like done in many cases, especially in emotional ways. What happens is mind throws up more protections, more protections through throw you off from the deeper parts the deep structure of mind the deep structure the inner the deep inner core of yourself and one day we'll try and make an episode about how to really go structural because it's something that I want to try and do in the future um, I thought it might have been this one that I was going to do it with but that didn't exactly happen but anyways the deep inner core 
is easy to miss because it's being hidden by all of this content most of the time. Um, not that the deeper inner core isn't content either, but that content is uh, much more fundamental to who you are as a person, who you are as a, an ego in the mind. Um, and so that doesn't come out, and that does not want to be shown, shown and seen. And so what the mind does is it creates these defense mechanisms whatever that might be, ideology, religion, disagreements, debates, all this other stuff. Why do you think so many people are debating each other? Why do you think there's so many political arguments and debates? It's distraction. It's a defense mechanism that's putting, that's put in place. Like, if you didn't have these defense mechanisms since you just lived a simple life where you didn't do any of these things, uh, or very little of these things, you would not be. Well, number one, you wouldn't even really have much of this inner core. If you did, it would. It still may be under the surface, but in a different way, uh, which I'll get into in a minute. But what the mind is doing is it. It's hiding the truth from you, it's creating these red herrings and going, this is what's wrong, this is why. To keep you from really, truly discovering deep down what's happening. It's protecting you from itself. This inner core is fundamental, like it could be your metaphysical understandings, could be like your, could be your understandings of God, and religion, but mostly, most likely, it's more personal-ish, um, and it's more deeper than just like I believe this God or this religion is real and all this other stuff. It's like more like uh, it's it's more complex. I'm trying to think of how to put this because the the mind this this deeper inner core is harder to access specifically because of the way that the this inner core is like if it's accessed and seen for what it really is at least part part of it because it there's a bunch of it you know that part disappears and that changes the mind and the mind. And that changes you. It changes the ego. Well, no, I don't want to change. There's too much uncertainty and change and uh, all this other stuff. Not really even uncertainty, I don't think, in this particular case, but more about the inner core being seen as the absolute you, in a sense, like the most fundamental part of you, or the ego, at least. 76, 1, 37 a.m. 76% charged. 1, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 
it could be said that the outer surface level part of the mind is things like I believe this God is real, I believe in this religion, but the inner part, the deeper part, is like much more fundamental than this. And what it does is it what the mind is doing is it is trying to keep you from that. So what is this inner core? How do I try and explain this here? Because we're dealing with something that's really hard to explain to people because of the way the mind is really, really good at hiding it from you. But it basically comes down to your story. Meaning, like, what most people do, what many people do, is they... They can deconstruct their mind, their their ideas, their surface level ideas. But when they comes when it comes to their story and their their inner core, if that starts being deconstructed, everything changes and, and now everything's become serious. Because there's now a personal aspect to this. So, for instance, like you can talk about all you want, surface level, this is all surface level, that you believe this God and this religion and this other stuff, this other stuff. And this may very well be true in a sense. But, and, and it, if you deconstruct that, partially you can deconstruct it in the surface level way, which is something that I've done in a lot of ways. Um, for the longest time and only recently have I started to deconstruct the core inner core parts at least partially and this these inner core parts are mostly your story and mostly like the deep parts of yourself um so, for instance, if you if you believe you're, you know, there's a God and a God is Christian or whatever, that has to do with your story and your vows, maybe your childhood vows or whatever. There's an episode from Actualize.org called Uncovering Your Childhood Vows that goes into this. It's a really good episode. But it's not always just about your vows. It's about the story that's involved here. Maybe you believe in this religion because you were told by your parents perhaps they were a little bit you know harsh about it because they were very like blue or whatever the case may be just giving examples um not saying this is true but and they punished you if you did something against god's will or whatever the case may be and so as a result to avoid punishment, you started to believe more in religion. Um, 
But most people, what they do when I say when I say it's it's your story is they'll go, oh, this has happened because in the past I, I learned something important about morals and values, and then I discovered religion as a result. But actually, it's not that simple, and that's not the deep inner core that I'm talking about. Um, because what really happened was much more detailed than this, much more uh, content-oriented than this, but it's also very structural when you look at it this way as well. Because you're looking beyond your surface level of content and you're looking to, you're, you're understanding the deep structure of your mind. So, for instance, I'm giving my examples of spirituality to explain to you how this works is the reason why I really discovered spirituality and really imbibed it and tried to use it was because I found myself um, it was a little bit before the spirituality discovering but I found myself doing certain things I don't really want to go too deeply into that. I've made episodes about this already but I found myself doing things that were selfish that, that later backfired. And so as a result, the, the, the need for spirituality and morals came in. But it's actually much deeper than this because there were certain things that happened to me that weren't, weren't like um, outside world based necessarily. It was based more in uh, mental constructions. And I've talked about this a little bit, but This happened, and I decided to adapt to what happened, which was really kind of the wrong decision, because it, you know, I became something different as a result. And so as a result, later on, to try and get rid of this, I discovered meditation and spirituality and all this other stuff to deal with this problem. Um, what, and so that's the story. And so ultimately the mind is manipulating reality. It's trying to manipulate itself in reality. But only in the way that it wants. Only for its own self-agenda. Like if it gets manipulated in a way that it didn't want. Oh no, you can't have that. <laughs> um, so these deep structures, these deep inner cores of ourselves are harder to access because they're not like something the mind wants to even think about sometimes. I'm not saying that you have to think about them, but if you really want, if do you really want to deconstruct your reality? You have, must, you have to ask yourself why. Why do you want to deconstruct reality? And don't just listen to me when I tell you why I deconstruct reality and why it can work for you. I, I'd recommend you find your own reasons. They could be based on mine, but 
I want you to find your own reasons based on experience. Um, and it's not like you can avoid the story of the mind and, and whatnot. I think it's more about realizing the deeper aspect of the mind, the mind's story, and deconstructing it. You know, one of the things, too, that I talked about in the last episode about journalism is that most people, when they listen to... Well, not most people, but a good number of people listen to the media, the news, online or whatever. And because they're say, they claim to be trusted sources, they say that they claim that to be truth. But they, they were never in the field. They never tested this. They never looked at this. Same thing with science. They never tested any of this. They don't know if that's true at all. None of this is true. We have no idea what's true. <clears throat> but that understanding violates the inner core of the mind. So you're not going to think about that. I want to think about this. No. My my ground is now uncertain. It's all shaky. It might create earthquakes through the mind. I don't want that. I don't want emotional tor- turmoil. David, I, I entered spirituality to escape my emotions, to find peace and calmness. I don't want to find emotional turmoil. Um. <laughs> oh, man. But the problem is, there's a couple problems with that. So number one, you can't escape mental turmoil and emotional turmoil. It's going to happen anyways. Number two, I'm not telling you that you should do this. Number three, um, <clears throat> why is that the case? Why do you feel this way? Why choose peace over pain in the first place? Meaning, like, what is, i put this in words. I'm not saying that you should uh, create more pain for yourself, more suffering. But what, uh, how do I put this in words? What is the story behind this, your story? Can you deconstruct it? Is that even possible? Can you even deconstruct religion and reality and um, and all these other things that are deep inner core stuff? You know, it's one thing to tell people to, uh, you know, deconstruct surface level beliefs like politics and stuff like that in a lot of cases. It's very surface level. It's not necessarily going to be as deep level inner core stuff. But when you start telling them, tell them, telling them to question their actual reality, what they actually believe is real, meaning, is this material reality actually real or is it not? We don't know. We have no idea, but we tell ourselves it's real because of science and because of religion or whatever other reason. We have no idea if that's true. Same thing with objective reality. We cannot know that objective reality is real because 
what we're experiencing reality through is a subjective filter called me or body or whatever the case may be. There's no objective reality here. At least none that we can know of. It's all being experienced through this body, this mind, this particular set of uh, contexts, meaning my particular like understandings about reality and my particular understandings about myself and about science and about life and love and all this other stuff. It's not really talked about, but all these understandings, many of them, It's easy for people to look at certain um, teachings and stuff from Buddhism and all these other people and say, you know, to question assumptions and stuff. But your assumptions, your reality, and I used to use the word mind reality, but I stopped doing that for various reasons. Number one, there's a couple of reasons why I did I stopped doing this. Number one, because there's no real proof that mind and reality are different. That's only proof in our heads. There's only proof based on science. But that proof doesn't necessarily prove anything. There's no way of proving that mind is separate from reality. Reality. Number two, there's no proof that external reality exists. All we can know is our particular reality through science, through all these other things. We can't prove that external reality exists. How are we going to prove that? Through ourselves? Through, our, through the instruments that are observing so-called external reality? But that's being observed by us in internal reality. And I don't mean internal meaning like emotions and mind and mental filters, although that also includes that as well, but also through the eyes and through the nose and the ears and stuff like that. Nothing is being filtered, uh, nothing is being uh, seen, heard, understood in a vacuum, meaning that you're not, there's no uh, meaning basically that you're not seeing objective reality necessarily you're seeing it through a filter called you called body called brain called whatever you want to call it science called religion called whatever the hell it is but also it's not seen through a vacuum because that vacuum could, cannot exist. We don't know that it exists. We can't prove it. Oh, but David, consciousness is, is uh, found in the brain. We have all this proof. We don't, we don't know that. That's mind-created definitions based on certain measurements of the brain doing certain things in response to other things. But that doesn't necessarily prove consciousness is in the brain. It doesn't prove that the brain is even real. 
We can't prove that at all. We don't know that's true. What measure are we going to use? Science? So-called objective reality? We don't know objective reality exists. We can't prove that. But it goes much deeper than this because it's not just that if uh, we can't prove objective reality, right? You know, it's one thing to talk about that, but if you really look deep within to your story about this, your personal story, you realize that all kinds of things are connected to this. And your very, like, identity, your very survival, your very um, ways of com- to communicate and to understand and to be able to uh, interact with and uh, deal with the world and reality will be threatened. You know, if you if you can't tell, if you don't know whether reality is real or not, most people aren't going to understand you, and they're going to think you're insane. If you if you don't know whether God or the flying spaghetti monster could be real. Most people are going to think you're insane. And so your very survival as a social creature is is at stake. So try and try this idea I dare you to try it at least once because I want to see what happens I know it's going to happen though and I know most people are not going to want to deal it, do it because it's too difficult but try deconstructing your story try deconstructing your reality through the eyes of your story and watch how your mind reacts even a little bit of deconstruction of the deep core of your mind makes a very strong impression on your mind. On your ego, especially. Um, and there is a difference between mind and ego. Mind is the thing that that allows the ego to, you know, be. You know, mind is like the processes of the ego in a sense meaning like you know understanding knowledge insight wisdom um you know being the 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 possible the ability to do math and all these uh things that so uh, us as so-called intelligent creatures can do that's mind ego is the personification of these things, the story of these things, as a, a, a seeming entity, like, oh, I'm a mind, I'm this thing. And that story creates all kinds of reasons for keeping things in place, survival-wise. Um, see how much time I've gone here. Duration, 56 minutes, one second.
It's about 56 minutes. It's pretty long. Um, but anyways, I'm going to try and go a little longer here. Because this is really interesting. And I know it's long, but it is worth every second here because we're talking deep. But anyways, so the inner core is story-related. But it's also very deeply fundamental to your reality. If I question material reality and material existence for you, that removes the mask. But basically, the ego is all of these maps personified. The mind allows maps to be, you know, the maps of science and you know, religion, whatever else. The ego is... The try to find a better way of explaining this uh, by giving you a bunch of detail on this, but the ego is the the thing that applies the maps to reality to manipulate it and all this other stuff. In many instances. Particularly unconscious in instances. Like, you know, if you're if you're using the map of structure um, to understand, you know, structure and, and mind and stuff. Consciously, meaning with awareness, intention, and... A kind of conscious effort. That's one thing. But if you, if your mind does it, if, if that happens unconsciously, and the maps are used as a weapon, rather than when you do it consciously, the maps are used as a uh, discernment tool or a way to understand things more effectively. You, when when the when that's unconscious, that's the ego basically. Like 80-90% of that is the ego. And the ego... Is not... Really like... Explained and understood very well. To most people... And maybe I should do an episode one day about the structure of ego. How the structure of ego works. What it is and... How it works and all sort of stuff, but that that will be probably an episode in a long time in the future, um, if I remember. What I might start doing in the future, because there's a lot of things that I want to try and do, is actually want to try and do like some some uh, reminders or calendar blocks or something. To contemplate and to go into the structure of mind um, in my head and, and really formulate it and understand it more deeply and deconstruct reality as well in the same way. And, you know, complete those checklists and all, and all this other stuff. And then from there, go deeper and add more to it and just keep going, going, add more and more and more and more and more. And then over a couple of years, you know, that may end up tracking off about 10,000 things. 
I think there's a way to do that in notes, but I'm not sure. I'll have to look at it in the future. But, um. Left channel. Left channel. I'm not sure how well I really described the deep core of mind. I'm stop this because it's acting strange. Anyways, I don't, I don't know if I explained all that well the deep core of mind, but I tried my hardest. Um, so, this works. Hope this helps understand yourself more and I'll talk to you in the next episode.